I just kind of stand at my desk and think, wow, what a lifetime this year has been. A a real decade 2020 was uh, in a year. (laughs) Right. Hi, welcome to What You Can Learn From. I'm Hannah Duffy. I'm Megan Underwood. We are two learning nerds exploring topics we're curious about and that we think we can learn something from. What are we talking about this week, Megan? We're talking about this year, 2020. Oh my God. <laughs> Don't freak out. I think I think there's a lot we can learn from this year. My palms started sweating. Like uh, they're they are very sweaty just in general, but man, the extra sweat that just started. I think what I would like to do is let's start with some stuff that I think everybody learned and then we can go into stuff that it, that we individually learned this year. That's a good idea. All right, this is a broad Oh man, this is so broad. <laughs> Super broad topic, I know. Do you Go ahead. I I think that the like the way that hindsight is 2020 has really oh. just been a so literal this year is yeah. like chef's kiss way to go universe like get wrecked it, it had to but be also this way year, to go. you know yeah right? yeah, yeah. Like, why couldn't it have been 2019 no you know actually Hannah one thing I will say is like every year I kind of reflect on the year and I think about like you know what what happened and how did it go and whatever and I think a lot about how everyone kind of gets like that really bad year like you know in your <laughs> adult life there's like one year in your adult life that is the absolute pits like everything goes wrong and my year for Mm -hmm. that year was 2016 oh mine was 2012 no way every year I look back and I think okay this year had its ups and downs but it was nothing compared to 2016 so chalk it up as a good year but what it also makes me realize is that year by year there's going to be somebody in my life that is having their 2016 you know Mm -hmm. their year is going to be the worst of the worst so one thing I've kind of always tried to do since then is be really open with my friends and just say like if you had a really bad year or if you are having a bad year and my door is open my dms are open my arms are open my chocolate cupboard is open to you cups of tea whatever you want come over but with maybe not right except now don't come pandemic. over don't, come, don't over. come to my house but I'll make you hot tea and bring you chocolate to a nearby park you can pet my dog and tell me about your troubles because I love you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But don't hug me. Don't hug me. But wear a mask. Mm-hmm. Yes. Thank you. Don't touch but, me. I mean, I just want to honor that <laughs> because I know that like, you know, we're going to come at this podcast right now and be like, the things we can learn from this year. And I just want to honor the fact that some people might be like, I don't want to learn anything. This year was the worst. I never want to talk about it again. Goodbye. <laughs> and if that is right. you... That's fine. Good. If Great. if you need to turn this episode off, we understand. That Power to you. yeah, I yeah, like do you do you. It's been a it's been a rough one. But this is we are going to try and keep it somewhat light and yeah. my my psychiatrist said something to me earlier this year because something happened that I really couldn't share with more than a couple of people. Um and 
I was telling him about it and I was, I said, you know, I'm really struggling with it and I didn't think I would struggle with it this much. And he said, well, you, you can't talk about it. Right. And I said, yes. And he said, well, that's because you cope with things with humor. So you aren't (laughs) able to get that release. I was like, damn son. (laughs) (laughs) Coping mechanism. This is why I pay you the big bucks. (laughs) But yeah, it, we, we'll try and keep it somewhat lighthearted, interspersed with the seriousness yeah. of, you know, some of the things that we we have learned and we rightfully should address. Yeah, I think the, I mean, I think we're both agreed in that our number one lesson from this year is like a gigantic lesson in privilege inequality. 100%. Everybody in the world, if you were awake, you should have learned at least a little bit of something about the privilege that you have, the racial inequalities that exist. And yeah, I mean, you should have been paying attention to the reckoning that we went through this year. And we'll continue to go through, Mm -hmm. which I think is important to say. It doesn't just end because 2020 is over. There's a lot of work for us to do. There's so much work to do. The the racial reckoning that we have gone through on a pretty vast scale in the last year also really ties back to so many other things that we're seeing. We're seeing a lot of financial inequality. We're seeing health inequities, which are largely or which are often tied back to race are often stem from racial inequalities in whatever society you live in. And yeah, extremely intersectional issues. It's so intersectional. I mean, you think about social determinants of health and race is a huge social determinant of health. Mm -hmm. So of course, in a global pandemic, people who are not seen in or people who don't have the same racial privilege as others are obviously going to be more negatively impacted mm-hmm. by whatever disease you have. Yeah. And I think that, the you know, when I say I, one of the biggest lessons is privilege, you know, I think about just the privilege I have, not only with the color of my skin, but how that's impacted my ability to, you know, get the job that I have and go to the school that I went to and like just literally everything in my life has been easier for me due to the color of my skin everything and how much Mm -hmm. that has changed my experience of this pandemic versus somebody else and absolutely you know I have friends who work in service and friends who work you know on the front lines and friends who work as essential workers in various industries and I get to sit on my ass in front of my computer every day in my own home. That's privilege. Anyway, I just, that's one of the biggest, probably the biggest realization or not realizations that I had. I've, because I've worked with folks with disabilities for so long, I've always been highly aware of the privilege that I have, but I think having conversations this year about privilege has been awesome. It's been something that has become more mainstream and I hope will continue to be more mainstream and conversations that I've had with my coworkers and colleagues, you know, um, 
even at different universities and, and organizations that I work with. It's been super cool. What about you, Hannah? What's been your experience um, thinking about um, equality and, and privilege this year? You know, this is something that I have tried to address in the past internally, but have always really struggled with it. And not long before things started to shut down, I went for an interview with a volunteer organization. And one of the questions that I was asked was something along the lines of how do you address your privilege? Ooh, that's such a good interview question. It is. It, it's for the for the organization that I was interviewing with, it it makes a lot of sense. And I said, I'm still struggling with it. Like I I'm sure even if I start to figure it out, I will still be working on it for the rest of my life. Oh yeah. We've got a lot of work to do. This is part of the reason why we want to have more diverse voices on this podcast Hell yeah! Nobody next season to... when we're like when when we've truly gotten confident in our ability to produce a podcast yeah because you have us <laughs> two white women yeah everyone's heard heard enough from white people mm -hmm. i think in general yeah especially white women yeah like we need to shut up yeah i mean a lot of like also also white men but like oh. white women <laughs> they're top of the list um, just because just because we're women does not mean that we know how other people are struggling yeah so the next thing i think the next lesson thing we can learn from 2020 is just looking at like, i mean we touched on race inequality i want to touch on financial inequality for a moment because i think that was like a huge highlighted thing that happened this year and just thinking about mm -hmm. essential workers who are on the front lines, who are, who were and still are, you know, exposing themselves to the virus, are working their butts off to make sure that us privileged folk mm -hmm. can get their Amazon deliveries in a day. Like it's ridiculous <laughs> when I think about it versus the people who own those companies who don't lift a finger and don't. <laughs> work their butts off and make billions of dollars in a pandemic. You mean my my neighbor Jeff Bezos? Oh god. <sighs> yes. That person. And we're not legitimate neighbors, don't worry. Thank god. I was like He just lives yeah, I think in the same something. place as I do. Um, no. No, no, no. Yeah, Thank but god. just for me that was a huge kind of underscore on you know, thinking about privilege and inequality was the idea that mm -hmm. people who are working for a minimum wage for these companies are at risk, putting themselves at risk every day in order to make billionaires more billions. And that makes me sick. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I mean, I don't know how this works in other countries, but I mean, Amazon doesn't pay taxes. Oh, yeah. And actually, so here's like, one thing I learned this year. This is a this is a good little side uh -huh. note. I didn't know this before. Uh -huh. When you go to the store, like some kind of store, like grocery store, like here, like the liquor store or whatever, they'd be like, oh, do you want to add a dollar to like donate to so-and-so? Do you say ever say yes for that, Anna? No. Good. Because it's donated in their name, which is tax deductible on their business, which means they pay less tax. They literally take your mm -hmm. donation and use it as their own to, so, they, so that they pay less tax. 
Yep. And nothing makes me that's more That's kind mad. of what I suspected. So that's that's kind of what I suspected having worked in retail when people would say, oh, do you want to add like a couple of cents to go to this cause around the holidays or, you know, during some awareness month? Like the answer is no. And then you go home and you donate $20 or $5 or whatever it is you can spare to your local food bank because that mm-hmm. is going to have more impact. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm or really angry about that. Buy an extra can of food, like buy yeah. an extra couple of cans, spend a dollar or two if you have the ability to, and then drop it off at your local food bank. Exactly. Most grocery stores actually have a basket at the front for those donations. Anyways, Wait, yeah. really? Yeah. Or we do in Canada. That's the thing. What country do you live in? <laughs> Canada. Canada. Um, but I mean that just on this whole, you know financial inequality which then also looks at health inequality that's also something that i really learned a lot this year was looking at just the state of health access for people in different countries Mm -hmm. and being really worried about it oh boy yeah um (laughs) welcome to my welcome to my life i mean if this podcast isn't just secretly me being like everybody needs social medicine um i don't know what it is really um shout that yeah socialized healthcare. everybody come on um mm-hmm. yeah so that was that's another thing that i just i really took away from this year was it blows my mind that socialized healthcare and social support programs don't exist in other countries like we're we're recording mm-hmm. this on December 27th and only today was there another stimulus bill signed by the president for you Americans to get an extra $600 as if that's going to make any difference for any of you. And he signed it less than 2 hours ago. Yeah. And With the threat of a shutdown of the government because that was attached to the spending omnibus which was essentially a a continuing resolution to keep the government funded just remind us all when was the last stimulus that your government passed you know i have to google that like i'm (laughs) pretty certain what was that called again i'm pretty certain the last stimulus was like no later no sorry no later than may March 27th. March. Okay, cool. So the last time y'all had a stimulus March 27th. Check, it's December 27th. Correct. People got pregnant on that day and are due today. And people couldn't pay their rent in March and haven't been able to work. And it's been nine months since the last stimulus check. That is insane. Yeah. One huge lesson from this year is about mental health and how living mm-hmm. in a continual state of uncertainty uh makes for a really difficult year <laughs> um <laughs> makes you realize that you're not a robot let me tell you um yeah i don't know how to t- elaborate on that megan well uh, look i think I I actually started out this year really. I I just need to get personal for a sec. Um, at the beginning of this year, I my parent, one of my parents and one of my husband's parents, both uh, got really really ill, and both had to have emergency surgery, and it was like extremely stressful. And this was like end of January, beginning of February, 
my husband flew back to his home country for a little while. Like my anxiety levels were already high. <laughs> and then the pandemic hit in like a major way in early March. And then it was like, okay, now I'm in a perpetual state of anxiety and there's no end in sight. So what the lesson is, is really about recognizing your state, <laughs> your mental health state and looking for help. And one of the best things that I did this year was go back to therapy. So the city of Ottawa provided free therapy sessions for residents. So I got to access free healthcare for a little while and then uh, continued on with my therapist after that. And I, I think one of the biggest things that I learned this year from that perpetual state of anxiety and stress was that boundaries are extremely important. And I have always played fast and loose with them. And yeah, it's still, I mean, it's still a big work in progress for me, but I've really learned just how powerful setting boundaries can be, which sounds like so basic, but true. Well, first of all, I think that the fact that the city of Ottawa actually made that an option is very commendable. This is a collective trauma. We are collectively living through a very traumatic time in history. Um, we're living through a traumatic event. And if you look at the psychosocial well-being of people who are living in traumatic situations or things that we've considered traditionally traumatic, stressful situations, such as conflict, displacement, severe financial insecurity, I think that a lot of the effects on people afterwards are going to be very similar. I have to wonder if there will be some sort of mass trauma response mm. based on what we have gone through this year and what we will continue to go through until things start to resolve themselves. The more that I've thought about it as I've studied mental health and psychosocial well-being and responses to trauma, the more that I've come to understand that that adjustment after the fact was not that big societal change was in fact a coping mechanism. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Look, I think that there's, you know, there's going to be a lot that kind of like hangs on with us. I think, you know, for mm -hmm. me mentally, there's going to be a lot that I hang on to from this year that doesn't just end the minute the clock strikes midnight on December 31st. You know, it, this will shape our generation and will shape the generations after us. The one thing I will say that I'm really thankful for is our generation's ability to be really open about how we feel and talk openly about mental health. I definitely think that there's a lot that we'll take forward. Um, yeah, I mean, the whole, this whole premise of this podcast is to learn from it. I think we're going to learn a lot from how we handle extended stress and extended anxiety. Yeah. Okay, one more. I've got one more like kind of group lesson and then we can do some funny mm -hmm. individual ones. So yes, please. Another thing that I think we as a collective society have also learned this year is how to be alone together. I think a lot about that in terms of like the way that we approach education. I work in ed tech and so on. Just the, the idea around doing something on your own, but doing it as a collective group of people. I hate the saying, we're all in this together. 
you know, maybe we change that to we're all. That's because you and I grew up in the era of high school musical. <laughs> I will say I was never a high school musical fan. So, but I do know the song. You're Me neither. About. If we can change that to we're all alone together. Like, I just feel like that actually has a way better, <laughs> way better kick to it. Because that's, re- I mean, that's really what we're trying to say here is like, you know, yeah, this we're all alone, but we're doing it together. <laughs> I don't know. How do you feel about that, <laughs> Hannah? I don't know if you experienced this quite as much, Megan, but when I was in college, I definitely had a lot of FOMO. Um, I was, I always was like, oh, I missed out on that party or, oh, I missed out on going out to eat uh, with these people on this date or, you know, whatever, whatever the event was. Like if I, if I missed something, I was like, damn, I missed it. What a, like, that's a bummer. I got over it pretty quickly after I moved away. But since about 2015, my FOMO has been almost non-existent. And so I think that has helped me a lot in this. Not that, you know, I'm, if I see people going out, I'm immediately hivey and angry because, you know, stay home. <laughs> Please, for the love of God, stay home. I think that's probably and where you're I don't have your mask. I don't have FOMO. I have like W A Y W A M. Why aren't you wearing a mask? That's what I have. (laughs) Was that way wham? Yeah, way wham. I have way wham. Why aren't you wearing a mask? Or um exactly W Y G T. Why are you gathered together? That's what I have when I look at <laughs> social media these days. Why aren't you, why aren't you wearing yeah. a mask and why are you gathering together? That's all I have now. If, if they aren't in your bubble, why are they there? Yeah. One thing I will say, just to kind of round out these like year-long um, lessons, is that I don't want to hear anybody say new normal ever again. I'm over it. This is just the... there's like there's no new normal our normal sucked it did not work it left a lot of people behind that's the whole freaking point nor there was no normal (laughs) there was normal for rich white people and it left everyone else behind so yeah there's there's the new the new world that we live in that includes a pandemic includes racial financial and healthcare inequality you know, all of which are intersectional and connected, you know, that's, that's, there's, for me, there's no new normal. There is a new perspective on what normal should be. I don't know. What do you think, Hannah? No, I think that's a great point. I hadn't thought about it. I mean, the steering people say our new normal has really got, it's really hacked me off. <laughs> um, your goat. But also I will be carrying a mask with me everywhere I go from now on. Yeah. And I will be wearing them on planes because holy crap, what an amazing idea. Yeah. I mean, if there's one thing I learned this year, it's that other people have made me very sick in the past. And I haven't Mm -hmm. been sick at all this year because I haven't been near anybody. You know, one of the things that I realized this year was that my energy was extremely limited. Um, And I had enough energy to like get up, maybe shower maybe feed myself breakfast, do my job and like watch a TV and that's it. Like I just didn't have mm-hmm. something I worked through with my therapist this year was like, 
why don't I have energy to work out? Like, why don't I have energy to, you know, do something creative? And it was, she was just like, Mm -hmm. you just, this is all you have and that's okay. Like that's enough. Yeah. And just being really bad at like getting in contact with people. I don't know. I just, I feel like this year I kind of went from this version of myself that really like loved being out there and amongst people. And like, I used to travel for work every week and, you know, like kind of got energy out of that and really enjoyed that. Um, into someone who had to learn to get energy from my own time and, you know, feeling recharged Mm -hmm. through reading a book (laughs) or making a cup of tea and just (laughs) sitting for a bit. So that was, that was a big one for me. Yeah. I remember at the beginning of this, I mean, not the very beginning, but it was probably late April, early May. And you were talking about how much you were struggling because you are so extroverted and you place so much value on having physical contact with other people. Physical touch is my love language. I just want to, yeah, I want to hug people. Yeah. It's, it's how I show people I care. So when I can't do that for them, mm-hmm. like the hardest thing for me, because my mom was really ill this year and is still on medication and everything, like I couldn't, I actually couldn't hug my mom for months. Like I couldn't physically hug mm-hmm. my mom. And that was really, really hard. I, I just yeah. recognized that in myself and my need for that and had to spend this year building different pathways to get, you know, that same level of connection and and find different ways to show people that I care outside of giving them hugs. So yeah, it was tough. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love hugs. Um, what are some of the, like, what are some of your personal lessons that you've learned this year? <laughs> I think my first personal lesson is thank God I'm an introvert. And thank <laughs> God I am such an introvert because holy crap, it was not as difficult for me to adjust as it was for someone like you, Megan, or even someone who's a little bit like further towards the extrovert side of the spectrum. Like, it, oh man, it, it was not, it was not as hard as I thought it that that bit was not as hard as I thought it would be. Although losing certain social outlets was really difficult, there were also ways to keep in touch hmm. and ways that I could stay connected with those people while still not having to put on pants. <laughs> what about, okay, what's a personal lesson that you have? Yeah, okay, so I this year learned um, how to channel my chaotic energy, my chaotic pandemic energy. Like I, I said, you know, a little mm. bit before, like I have been feeling anxious since like January when my, our fa- like people in my family were really sick. And so when the pandemic hit, it was just like an overdrive. And I also said like, I was really struggling, like not being able to hug people. So I had to find a way to care for people that was safe. Um, and also like maybe feel like I could make a difference. So I started making face masks and that's like how my face mask sewing thing started was because I just had all of this anxiety and needed a way to feel like I was, you know, making some kind of impact. And I just started sewing. I figured out that working on projects makes me less chaotic. I found a new way to channel my anxiety is really what the lesson was for me this year. Uh, What's your, what's your next lesson, Hannah? All right. My next lesson is that, (sighs) 
people need to like give each other some space, not, not physical space, understand that everybody is stretched so thin right now. Mm -hmm. Not, you know, they might not have all of the, the classic employment and pre-existing condition and whatever, like your, your standard or what is viewed as a standard pandemic stressor in their life. But everybody is for lack of a better term, everyone's going through it right now. (laughs) And someone said to me recently, like I've, I've been trying to set boundaries like we talked about. And I have been saying to people, I don't have the emotional energy for that. Like I, you know, I don't have, the ability to get involved in that fight or that decision or uh, like, I just, I don't have the spare energy to expend on something and I'd rather spend it on something that's going to enrich my life Mm -hmm. or enrich the lives of those around us or around me. And someone made a comment about that recently. They were like, man, you like don't have the, like, why do you just keep saying that? Like, if you don't want to do it, don't do it. And said, well, if I say I don't want to do it, people will still give it to me. But if I say I don't have the emotional energy to handle this right now, that at least says to them, well, if I assign this item to her, if I assign this project at work, or if I ask for, you know, this specific task from her, you know, I know that it might take a little longer or, it might not get done in the same way that I might have come to expect before the pandemic, because, you know, I'm, I'm not operating at a hundred percent capacity and quite frankly, no one else is. Yeah. That, that Mm -hmm. I recently saw something that was like really good. Okay. It was a tweet from Hillary Drixler Mm -hmm. Canavan. My husband says something that's really helps me think about where everyone is at emotionally. Why everyone seems mad at you or like you can't do anything right. Quote, everyone needs more than anyone can give right now. End quote. Exactly. That. Oh. That person's husband is just like like spot on. That is exactly what I'm trying to convey to them. Like, sure, you can ask me to do something and you know, I might not have a say in it, but I just want you to know that I am so drained and I don't have it. Like I, I just, I can't promise you the same level of effort or the same quality that you've come to expect from me. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I have one more lesson. All right, Megan, what's, what's, what's your next lesson? Dogs truly are the greatest animals on the planet yep truly we adopted slash rescued a dog this year and like totally like straight off the pandemic bingo list or bingo card um (laughs) you know mine's i've got a full house on my pandemic bingo card um and he has been the joy of my life this year really and the reason why I actually went outside because prior to having a dog, when I was working from home three days a week, I, there would potentially would be times where I just like would not leave the house for two days. 
so yeah, I'm really, yeah. really, really thankful um, for my dog because not only is he the floofiest floof that ever floofed, he also has increased my physical um, exercise and movement and has also uh, given me lovely cuddles and learned to cuddle because he's, I've, you know, the lesson in him was that he used to be a sled dog. And so he's, you know, been, I've been teaching him how to be a domestic dog and live in a home. And he's been teaching <laughs> me how to calm down and go outside and enjoy the little things. So yeah, dogs yeah. are the best. That's my final lesson. Um, do you have a final lesson? Well, I, I don't have a final lesson, but your point about going outside, go outside. If it's safe for you to do so, like, please go outside. Mm-hmm. I have started making myself go out for at least a couple minutes every day and I like give myself a little reward if I do but oh man super important to get the f out there yeah yeah Yeah. safely access Mm -hmm. the outdoors well thanks Hannah for I mean like I said the you know my pandemic bingo card is full because we started a podcast also so in 2020 i also learned how to start yeah. a podcast by just doing it yeah <laughs> with you yeah it was like both uh pandemic and millennial yeah bingo card <laughs> okay well cheers to 2020 hannah yeah yeah it was weird and wild and wonderful no it was weird wild and wonderful <laughs> yeah. and we're gonna learn a lot Moving forward, I really think our, I really hope that all of the experiences that everybody has been through this year shapes the way that we approach our community and our society moving forward for the better. Yeah. I hope that it makes us all better people. Yeah. And more understanding people. Definitely. Mm -hmm. All right. Get out of here. Go hang out at your homes. Be alone together pet your dogs wear your mask wear your mask wash your hands um and uh here's to a wonderful 2021 for you and the people in your life thanks for listening yeah thanks bye Bye, everyone and i'm looking at my little like calendar whiteboard And the last time I wrote the month and the days on it was September. And did I write anything on those days? No, of this year, thankfully. But I didn't write anything (laughs) on those days. At the beginning of this year, when I got that calendar board, Eh. I was like, I used it so much because I would write down every week, like which days I was in Boston. And then I'd write down like which days, uh, like Barry had baseball or whatever, baseball training, coaching. And I'm literally, I'm looking at the September version and it's empty, (laughs) completely empty. Well, that's 2020 for you. Yeah, exactly.